welcome to Keeping Busy. This is Carrie. And I'm Erin. This week we are talking about Italian amaretti cookies, one of my absolute favorites and definitely my very, very favorite on the Italian cookie plate. This was my first time trying amaretti cookies, that I can remember at least, and they were very tasty. So good choice, Carrie. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed them. So let's talk about our experience. We baked the same recipe. We went back to our original format, and instead of having a baking challenge, we baked the same recipe. I think our cookies came out a little different, though. <laughs> so we used a recipe from Maria Liberati, and uh, you can find it on her website. It's just called, well... No, it's got a big title. It's called A Little Piece of Tranquility Dash San Anatolia in the Mountains. Amaretti. Or you can just Google for Maria Liberati and Amaretti cookies, which is probably faster. <laughs> but less fun. Now I have to I have to say I did like this recipe because a lot of a lot of Amaretti cookies I see call for almond paste and this one did not. Um, that could be better or that could be worse, depending on <laughs> what your end result comes out as. Uh, but I, I like that because I don't keep almond paste around my house. Yeah, instead of the almond paste, um, it has you take one pound of peeled almonds and finely chop them. I hate this recipe. <laughs> it made me so mad. This is a horrible... We had very different experiences, though, so... No, try did. it and judge for yourself. Maybe, Carrie, since you did a good job, why don't you <laughs> start it out on a high note? Okay, so uh, first off, instead of blanching my almonds myself, because I have peeled almonds before, and let me tell you, it is time-consuming, labor-intensive, and really annoying because I feel bad throwing stuff away. And having a huge pile of almond skins for some reason <laughs> makes me feel really terrible, like I'm throwing away something people should be eating. So instead of doing my own blanched almonds, I chose to use, I think they're called slivered almonds? No, those are the flat ones with the skin on. I use the ones that are look like little, what are they called? Uh, I don't know, but I use them too. Um <laughs> They're almonds that have that are basically chopped up into lengthwise pieces and have no skins. That's what I used. I didn't use um, an entire pound of almonds either because I used just whatever was in the bag. So I adjusted my recipe for that. Um, anyway, so I took, I followed the recipe pretty closely, except I probably chopped up my my almonds really fine. I would say almost to the point of being almond flour. And then followed the rest of the recipe, and they came out really pretty good. I have done other Amaretti recipes before. Now, I will say that I'm going for the soft kind. It's got a really nice, crispy outside because of the sugar and the meringue, and the inside is, like, chewy and lots and lots of almond flavor and tastes really good. You can do crunchy Amaretti, which are not my favorite because I think they're just kind of boring. I will say this. I did cheat. I did do something that was not in this recipe. What did you do? I found some other site that gave tips and it said the reason 
freshly blanched almonds work so much better is because the almonds actually retain some of the moistness of being blanched. So what you can do to trick the recipe into working without adding a lot more liquid and water is to soak your almonds briefly beforehand. Oh, do you soak them in hot water or it doesn't matter? I don't know that it matters. I did not soak mine in hot water. I just soaked them in in room temperature water for maybe an hour. And then I put them out on a towel and dried them as best I could to get the surface water off. So then I did in my food processor, you know, did them to like an almond flour and then added the sugar and everything like that. The other thing is it says once you do have a more moist almond, you may not need all of the egg white that's it says in the recipe. So I whipped up my egg white and cooked one cookie and just to check like how it came out. And then I think I did actually add a little more egg white and then cooked another cookie and then did the rest of the batch. Hey, did you do the let dry for three hours thing? Oh, no, I didn't do that either. <laughs> so maybe I didn't really follow this recipe <laughs> every single step of the way. <laughs> okay. Interestingly enough, no, the other place that I was reading the, the tips and tricks, it says to put them in right away because what can happen is even though you don't see see it happening, the egg whites can actually start leaking out of the bottom of the cookie and then you'll have Ew. like a lacy bottom and um, the top will be more dry. Hmm. Oh, I hate this stupid recipe. You hated this recipe and I loved it and I loved it mostly because I did nothing that it, it told me to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so I didn't I didn't want to be the rogue baker. Yeah, I didn't want to be like the person that just goes off and does whatever and Me? it doesn't work <laughs> yeah but dang it anyway so this stupid recipe i was so mad it's so it says finally this amazing chop... recipe that came out delicious <laughs> <laughs> it says finely chop almonds so i was chopping my almonds and i noticed that there nowhere in the recipe is there any kind of flour or anything so i deduced very quickly that these almonds are going to be my flour type product and you can't finely chop an almond. So I put it in the food processor to get it down. It was like halfway to powder, but I left some big chunks because I wasn't sure. Because it says chop. And when you think of chop, chop, you think of pieces left and yeah. not turning something into powder. Yeah. Yeah. But as I was doing it, I was like, you're wrong recipe, but I'm following you and I hate you for it. <laughs> and then it has you beat the egg whites. Um, and it says add in... The almonds, almond flavoring, and mix. And there's no recipe in the world that has you beat egg whites and not fold stuff in. Right? I mean, when do you just mix stuff? I honestly don't really know what beating of the egg whites does in this case. Because honestly, the the sugar in the almonds, and there is one tablespoon of uh, potato starch in this recipe, which I imagine is to... Um, take care of any liquid whatever it's potato starch <laughs> uh yeah i i really don't know once you once you try to add that very very dense mixture to whipped egg whites i don't see that there's any way that you're gonna get you know more volume out of having beaten them mm-hmm. i really part of me just wanted to just add the egg whites without having meringued them up just to see what would happen mm-hmm. yeah 
Because I feel like nothing. <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't be different. <laughs> Probably not. Because you're right. Once you once you mixed it in, did was it light and fluffy like a meringue? Nope. Not at all. Nope. Stupid recipe. So I just mixed it in with the... I continued with the, the hand mixer. I was using a hand mixer. I just continued with that. And then um, with a small spoon form balls of dough... Uh, you know, put them on the cookie sheet, dry for three hours. And I was just swearing under my breath the whole time. I put them on the stupid cookie sheet and they were just sitting there for three hours. And I kept like pacing back into the room with my arms crossed and just glaring at them. And I'm like, you're going to be horrible. Just like actively hating the cookies. (laughs) You are a bad cookie and I hate you. Just sending like mental waves of hatred at your cookies. Yes. Yes. Maybe that's why they came out so bad, is they caught your negativity. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were setting me up for failure. This is not a cookie recipe. This is stupid. I just <laughs> wasted a pound of almonds on you, you stupid cookies. God, I was so mad. To be <laughs> fair, your outcome was mm-hmm. still quite delicious. Yeah, they, they tasted fine. But it was like, I was trying to think of a good analogy. So... You ever when you go to the beach as a kid and you take some of the the super muddy sand from close to the shore and you just kind of drizzle it and you make like the mud mud drip castles mud drip castles <laughs> yes that's what my cookies looked like because there were huge chunks of almond in them and it was just like ugh. I thought it reminded me of something like a bird's nest cookie though that's a no, you're being too nice. These are bad cookies, and they're no. They were yummy. They were um, they were yummy. Right. They were crunchy, uh-huh. um, and I liked the almond flavor. I think it still had a really good almond flavor. It was a very different cookie from how mine came out, but I think it was equally enjoyable. If you want the like straight up amaretti cookie experience, you're definitely gonna have to put your almond through pro- food processor <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, but I think. This is like one of those instances where no matter how you mix them up, it's going to taste good. Mm-hmm. And luckily, neither one of our recipes came out how my Amoretti cookies usually come out, which is a puddle of <laughs> disgusting that just spreads all over the cookie sheet. <laughs> so that is totally a plus. So would you say that you successfully made the Amoretti cookies now? I think the only thing I was a little disappointed in is I still thought my almonds were a little too coarse and I think part of that was because I soaked the almonds and I wonder if I let them dry a little longer if I would have been able to get a a finer texture Hmm. but yeah I was I was pretty pleased with them and to be honest had a had a difficult time with as I do with most cookies (laughs) to stop eating them (laughs) yeah I had the same problem with your cookies. I think I ate. You, she, uh, she came over and visited and brought her cookies to my house, which was lovely of her, mm-hmm. and brought a small Tupperware for everyone to share. And I definitely probably ate half the cookies <laughs> instead of sharing with everybody. I ate quite a bit of these as well. They were tasty. It's just like looking at them. You're Made just, you angry. <laughs> just a failure cookie. <laughs> I guess what, what you're saying with the the kind of um bird's nest lookingness now that i think about it it would have been neat for easter to make these failure cookies and then put like Into, the little yeah mini eggs like, in the middle like uh, the little malted milk ball eggs or, that'd or be the so cute. eggs. that would be cute yay 
and my husband loved them too. Something about the texture of your, your cookies, I know they made you angry because you knew <laughs> that it's not how they were supposed to be. Yeah. But when you opened the Tupperware and we weren't immediately aware that they were Amaretti cookies, both my husband and I were like, ooh, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> those are great. <laughs> know, like, don't be nice to those cookies. Yeah, I Get know. <laughs> you're just so, you're so mean um, to the cookies. I did. Okay, More now cookies. I feel bad. <laughs> well. Okay. Hey, did your box of potato starch look like it hasn't had uh, the marketing change since 1950? Did you get the little tube? No, there's. I did not get a tube. Oh, well, I just had, um, I don't think I found the same potato starch that you got. I found a plastic package of Bob's Red Mill. Oh, okay. Hmm. Did you get yours from Hodgson Mills? Actually, give me one second. I want to show you. Look at my box. Can you see my box of potato starch? Oh, wow. No, that's pretty cool, though. It is. I feel like I've seen swan flour. They have, you know, like white cake flour. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is, that's excellent graphic design right there. <laughs> it almost looks like you would think a, would be in a laundromat. Like yeah. a powdered detergent. <laughs> exactly. I know last episode we were talking about the difference between potato starch and potato flour, and this was the only thing I found, and it's potato called... Potato starch flour. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I guess that's good. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so last episode we did, we looked up the difference, and apparently there is a difference between potato flour and potato starch, and this lovely throwback box of powder that Erin has says potato starch flour so who knows <laughs> it's a mystery oh the benefits of both put together <laughs> perfect there's no going wrong there nope so despite the um the ups and downs of this recipe i would make it again i was pretty happy with it i mean i did tweak pretty much every single thing <laughs> which is usually your job i know I've been so sensitive about it. I've been so self-conscious about it that I've been trying really hard to follow the recipe. But then thank you, Maria Liberati, for switching me back. I'm going back and I'm going to just do whatever the heck I want (laughs) because it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, Shoot. I would make this again. You would. Even in the the failed state, it was tasty. I just need to adjust my expectations at the beginning. Yeah. It probably would come out a lot different if you had finer um, almond. Because I know even when I've made baked goods from different brands of almond flour, you can get a completely different texture out of a muffin or a bread that has, you know, no gluten in it. If you use one brand of almond flour versus another, just because of how fine it's ground. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be, you know, probably 100% of what made your cookies different. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely why they had the weird texture. It was the big clumps of almonds in there. Yeah. Our next episode is going to be about a recipe that is typically cooked around Easter or no? Is that right? Or are sure, we just yes. going kind of off the beaten path? <laughs> it is an Easter recipe. We started looking at Easter recipes and this is the one we chose. <laughs> yeah. It's a raspberry ricotta cake. I do believe that it has its roots in some Italian cooking. 
even if it's, you know, departed a little from tradition, maybe. I don't know. We'll see next week because we're going to, or next episode, because we're going to make it. It looks delicious. Mm-hmm. I've had ricotta cakes before, and they're usually a little dense, but they usually have very good flavor and moistness. And this one is topped with just, it looks like whole raspberries smattered all over the top, mm-hmm. baked into the cake. So it looks great. Some nice springtime berry flavors. And we're looking at uh, the recipe for raspberry ricotta cake on epicurious.com. So if you want to bake it with us before our next episode and find out how it comes out in your kitchen, I think that's a great idea for you. If you'd like to contact us, tell us how your uh, your ricotta cake is going, or if you tried the unrated cookies or anything else, you can email us at keepingbusypodcast at gmail dot com. That's all one word. We'd love to hear about um, your baking and crafting. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of baking and crafting, I did mostly finish the apron for my daughter. Yay. How did it come out? It, it's actually kind of cute. I like the ruffles. I did a a skirt apron, I think it's called, or a, or a half apron where it's just that you tie it around your waist. And the apron part itself is kind of just a half circle and a double layer of ruffles around the outside so it fits her and she sometimes walks over to it and picks it up and i put it on her and she's happy with it oh that's so cute cute. why do you say that it's mostly finished what else do you have to do i wanted to put pockets on it so it it looks finished i tied in all the ends it looks like something that's done and it's usable obviously in the state that it's in but i wanted to put little pockets on the front for her so maybe i'll do that and get motivated to to finish it that way but maybe i won't and i'll just call it finished as it is yeah because that's what i do (laughs) so have you been working on your uh any of your fiber crafts your rhinoceros or anything no i hate my stupid rhinoceros i'm angry (laughs) i'm angry this week there is um, a lot of anger (laughs) i unraveled my rhinoceros oh no and i uh i was gonna start over and try again but it's just so daunting that I, I dropped it for a while. Yeah. But I did start on my steampunk jacket for the steampunk festival in mid-May. So I have awesome. a little over a month to do that. I'm making some good progress. Um, so this is a sewing project. This is a sewing project, yes. And uh, it's, a, it's a very, it's a paneled pattern. So it's got yeah. like two pieces on the front, of course, because it's a jacket. It's going to have snaps or something. I think it snaps. And then two front side and then back, two back side and then two back center. Okay. So there's like eight pieces around. And then it has like a little kind of skirt thing also that has eight panel pieces. So it's like a jacket with a flare out. And there's just so many pieces. Yeah, that is a lot. And I'm very excited. It ha- You're supposed to do around the seams with like accent thread. Ooh. Uh, so the paneling really stands out. You do yeah. like a border around it. And I really like the, that, but it, I'm so bad at keeping a very straight line the whole way. So it kind of wobbles. Yeah. I'm hoping from far away you won't notice. Probably not. What kind of accent thread are you going to use? Something shiny like gold? Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a copper. It's Ooh. a shiny copper. 
Yeah. That sounds awesome. What kind of fabric are you using for the panels? It's, I don't know what it actually is. It, it's a gray and it's, uh, I think it's cotton because it's very grid-like. So you can kind of see the, the lines woven in. But they're very fine because I want it to look almost, almost military-esque to go with okay. the steampunk feel. Kind of Victorian, kind of very straight-laced. Yes. That sounds really neat. I'm very excited. I also bought some little copper gears and things. I want to put, I don't know what exactly what I'm going to do with that, but accents. I don't know. I was thinking like a pocket watch looking chain. I was going to say that. I was going to say, does it have any pockets on the front of the jacket? Yes. It has two big pockets on the front, which are going to be really cute. And I love looking at uh, McCallPatterns.com. They frequently have pretty good sales on patterns, and I actually found a a hat pattern. Oh, you did? I did. It's two dollars and fifty cents. There's oh my four gosh. different pa- hats. Um, so I want to make one of those. Of course, I I got so excited. I ordered it, and it just arrived in the mail yesterday. And I looked at it. And it's like you need millinery netting and wire. And, and everything you've never had and have no idea where to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I didn't actually think about how to make it, so. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. That sounds like a fun new new project, though. Yeah. So I'd like to have the jacket and hat done in a little, about a month. We'll see. So you'll have to send me the, uh, the hat pattern because I'd love to see what kind of style the hat is. Yeah. Yeah, I'll send you a picture. Let you know if I find where to buy the components for it. Is it kind of like um, Captain Marjorie cupcake style? <laughs> uh, no, well, there's there's four different hats, and I want one that's kind of small, sits on the top of your head. It's kind of angled, mm-hmm. so it comes down. Like, um, oh, God, the only thing I can think of is Vegeta from <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Cut the way. But he doesn't wear a hat. Uh, what's a bad analogy? No, I think I know what you mean. But more like I think, I think that helps. Style. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's that's my main project right now. Very cool. So you'll have to keep us up to date with that, and I hope it will um, get done by by the festival. That would be really neat. Mm-hmm. I like seeing your. Your costumes come together. You're a lot better at sewing than I am. I can't seem to get myself to sit down and actually sew things. Yeah. It it gets tough because usually by the time, especially on a week a weeknight, by the time I sit down to sew, it's close to my cat's feeding time and he's just a jerk. And he'll just come up and like knock all your stuff over. He just like, he paces back and forth over my arms as I'm feeding into the sewing machine and it's so dangerous He's just like, nope, I live on this sewing machine now until you feed me. This is just <laughs> where I live. He really likes to interfere with all of your crafting. He does. What a little jerk. All of jerk. your keeping busy. <laughs> what a jerk. What a jerk. Well, that sounds great. And um, I think that wraps it up for this episode. Yeah. Um, and now that we are available on iTunes and uh, Google, Google Music or Google Play or whatever... Uh, it helps us out a lot if you would subscribe to the podcast and um, 
you know, uh, maybe put a review on there. These things help us move up in the rankings so that more people will find us. Also, just tell a friend and, and share the, the podcast with them. Yeah, and once again, our email is keepingbusy at g well, keepingbusypodcast at gmail.com. So uh, let us know how you're doing, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from you and getting in touch with us, if there's stuff that you are interested in, we like cooking, baking, crafting, and if you can throw in being like super geeky in there, we're right there with you. Mm -hmm. So if you find anything on the internet that you would like us to talk about, look at, consider for an episode, if it's delicious, if it looks fun to make, we'd love to hear about that and maybe you could hear us talk about the thing that you pick out. Yeah, let us test your recipes for you. Yes. Send them over. And your patterns. <laughs> Everything. Sounds awesome. Yeah. All right. Until next time, and we'll have raspberry ricotta cake for you. Yep. That you can't eat. Yeah, but you can maybe hear us eat if it mm. survives until we record. Well, thanks for joining us, and keep busy.